Hello and welcome to Driving Discussions Europe. In this series, we discuss the forces that affect road fuels globally. Uh, Driving Discussion is brought to you by Argus Media, a leading independent provider of energy and commodity pricing information. Uh, the winter and the winter specifications are here, but uh, without Russian diesel molecules, the European market still is not reassured that if the demand comes back to uh, normal levels, all the diesel will be able to meet the winter specs. Now, the demand is showing a mixed picture, particularly in Germany, but it seems that the actual driver of the pricing structure is in the supply side, where the uh, geopolitical situation or situations are adding uh, uncertainty. My name is Alfonso Barocal, European Business Development Manager for Oil Products at Argus Media. And we have here today with us my colleague, Benedict George, European Associate Editor of Oil Products. Hi, Benedict. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Alfonso. Thanks for having me on the podcast. You're very welcome. Thanks to you. So, uh, Benedict, um, how how the diesel specs change from summer to winter and how this affect producers of diesel? So different countries in Europe have different specifications, but the important thing is that they generally require stronger cold properties in the winter months. So this is interestingly the reverse of the gasoline situation where the uh, stricter requirements as it were are in the summer for diesel the stricter requirements are in the winter um, because the problem with diesel is that it's heavier and more viscous and when the temperature drops very low it can become too viscous for the car engine so uh, in order to avoid the risk of mishaps if temperatures do drop low uh, countries require stricter properties in the winter and specifically the two important things are the cold filter plugging point and the cloud point and this basically means the temperature at which the liquid will not pass through a very narrow filter as it's as it's cooled down and the cloud point is the temperature at which waxes start to solidify in the liquid as it's cooled down so the specifications in different countries specify the maximum for both of these two things and the more northerly countries in Europe have stricter rules about these things because they tend to have lower temperatures and they have a higher risk of the temperature dropping to an extreme low. Um, economically what this means is that during the winter months supply of diesel in Europe is essentially more restricted because there are tougher rules about it so a, a lower proportion of the material out there in the world conforms to these rules so this tends to mean that in the winter diesel will be a little bit more expensive than it is during the summer and this is uh well understood and old and uh you know, this is not new. This is how the market has worked for, for a very long time. But what is new is that the EU is not importing diesel from Russia anymore. So historically, the Russian refineries would produce diesel with very good cold properties without any problem at all. And Russia would be able to sell this diesel into Germany and into Poland and so on. 
and there would there would be no concern about the availability of diesel with these properties. But now, with the Russian refineries excluded from the market by sanctions, there is uncertainty about whether the refineries that are now supplying Europe, which means refineries in the Middle East and in India and in the US, for example, there's uncertainty about whether these refineries can produce the right specification. There's a different level of uncertainty for different refineries in these different regions. Traders are more confident about some of these than others. So, for example, the US domestic specification for diesel is in some respects even more strict than the German specification. So that means US refineries are relatively a strong candidate to continue supplying this diesel to Germany in the winter. They will need to more than they did in the past, but there shouldn't be a problem with them being capable of producing the right type of diesel. The specifications, uh, the, the respects in which the US specification differs from the German specification, traders say that there are additives you can add to the uh, diesel in order to make it meet the German specification, and this should not be too expensive. So the US is looking like a relatively uh, reliable supplier for the winter months for Northern Europe. India also so far looking like a reliable supplier for this specification, but the Middle East refineries, particularly in the Mideast Gulf, are looking less reliably capable of producing these specifications. Um, along with France, Germany is the largest consumer of diesel in Europe anyway. Germany and France both consume about three million tons of diesel per month. And the and after them, you have places like Turkey, Italy, Spain with about two, 2.5 million tons per month. So Germany being one of the joint largest consumer and also having one of these particularly strict uh, winter specifications means that traders all year have been talking about particularly the German winter specification as a possible pinch point for diesel supply this winter. Um, Southwest Germany is in a different position from northern Germany because Southwest Germany can probably be supplied by refineries at the Amsterdam Rotterdam Antwerp hub, the ARA hub, using barges on the Rhine River. The ARA refineries can produce the uh, German winter specification without too much trouble. So assuming that the Rhine water level is high enough to allow barges to load in the normal way over the winter, southwest Germany should be OK. Um, northern Germany is in a somewhat more difficult position because northern Germany needs seaborne cargo imports uh, on ships. Now, those ships can load from ARA, but if if Germany is simultaneously relying on ARA refineries to sell diesel on the Rhine, uh, there is a question mark over whether those northern, that northern part of Germany needs diesel from further afield. Currently, some of that demand is being met with Indian diesel. In, large tankers come from India and break bulk elsewhere in Northern Europe, either at ARA or ship to ship in the North Sea, and then small cargoes come into Northern German ports. 
And so far, traders tell me that this diesel is proving uh, to meet the German winter specification. And, uh, and currently, German diesel demand is not strong enough to be creating concern about the availability of the winter specification. All year, German diesel demand has been suppressed by the difficulty that German industrial activity has had with high energy costs over the last two years or so, and then with gradually rising interest rates, which have suppressed German industrial activity. Of course, they've they've had a similar effect all across Europe, but particularly in Germany, in that kind of heavily industrialized southwest part of Germany. Um, and German diesel demand is still not particularly strong. It's actually at the latest data reported to Eurostat for, for July, German diesel demand was missing 17 or 18 percent against July of 2019, which is so almost a fifth of German diesel demand from before the pandemic is uh, missing now. Now, that obviously means supply of the German winter specification is not looking like such a worry because Germany is just not consuming that much diesel as a whole. So the question mark that now hangs over Northern Europe is whether German diesel demand will recover to a point that the ARA diesel and the Indian diesel are not enough to cover Germany's import requirement. And at that point, a, que a question arises as to where else can actually make the German winter specification. The US can do it, but the US diesel market is also very tight at the moment. So then the price of the German winter specification probably has to rise significantly to make those US cargoes come to Europe. Um, but demand remains the, the big uncertainty um, in all of this. Uh, okay, thank you, uh, Benedict. Um, so there is a change in the specs, uh, but you mentioned as well, obviously, without Russian molecules, there is a change in the pattern of the flows that come uh, into Europe. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit and, and 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 explain what what does it what that patterns looks like? Yeah. So. Now, so in the past, Russia would supply around half of the diesel that was entering the EU from outside. And now, around half of the diesel entering the EU from outside is coming from just five refineries east of Suez. So that's the Reliance Jamnagar refinery and four refineries around the Middle East. Um, and almost all of that from these five refineries enters the EU region on a long range to LR2 vessel, meaning a vessel with capacity of 90 to 100,000 tonnes. This is a relatively large vessel and they're using the large vessels in order to keep down the cost of freight per tonne for such a long voyage. These large ships can't fit into most European ports, so they usually, in order to supply the demand, which is which is widely dispersed around the European region and not concentrated at the huge ports. In order to meet all of the demand, uh, these large ships need to break bulk. So they need to go into 
large ports and reload the product onto a smaller ship, about usually about a third of the size or even smaller. So what we call a, a handy size ship or a coaster vessel. So about 30,000 ton capacity or 15,000 ton, uh, which can fit into all of these small ports around Europe. Uh, alternatively, the ships, the large ships can do a ship to ship transfer at sea where they line up in the water next to a smaller ship. Uh, although that is dependent on permanent weather out at sea. So that's a little bit less reliable uh, as to when that's possible. But in any case, um, the large ships need to break bulk. Uh, in the Mediterranean, Saudi Aramco will send these large ships into City Korea in Egypt, where Aramco owns uh, storage capacity, and then it will reload the diesel onto smaller ships to go into the Adriatic, for example, where there are lots of small ports. Um, Reliance, the Indian company, will send its large ships into Ashkelon in Israel, for example, uh, where it owns tanks, and then reload the ships to go to the Black Sea, also the Adriatic as well. So uh, these break bulk locations become much more important in the new market. In Northwest Europe, the key break bulk location is the Amsterdam, Rotterdam, Antwerp, ARA region. Um, ARA now receives far more diesel than it used to on these large LR2 vessels, and it loads far more than it used to onto smaller, handy size, 30,000 ton vessels, and additionally, some smaller coaster vessels uh, and, and some medium range MR vessels. But uh, the inflow and outflow from ARA is now significantly higher than it used to be because uh, that it now serves this role of breaking bulk for imports that are not ultimately destined for ARA uh, more than it used to. So since last year, August has launched direct price assessments to capture this new, newly important trade flow. So August is assessing prices for LR2 cargoes on a SIF ARA basis and 30,000 tonne cargoes, uh, diesel cargoes loading in ARA on a FOB ARA basis. Thanks, Benedict. Um, you have uh, mentioned um, in a couple of occasions that demand is uh, dispersed and still relatively weak in places uh, like Germany. Would you say then that it is the supply driving the uh, current price structure, the, the backwardation and, and, and the cracks in Europe? Yes, I mean, absolutely, in the sense that uh, with demand as weak as it has been, the there are kind of two ways you can look at this, because with demand as weak as it has been, it's surprising that the backwardation is as steep as it is, and it's surprising that the diesel crack spread against crude is as high as it is. And on, on the other hand, the other way of looking at it is that with supply as disrupted as it has been, it's surprising that the backwardation is not steeper than it is and that the crack spread is not higher than it is. Um, so you, you strangely have this coincidence of both supply and demand being heavily limited at the same time uh, and producing a kind of middle ground for prices and spread. 
I say prices are in the middle ground, even though the the spreads are much higher than they were before COVID. So the diesel premium against crude is between 30 and 35 dollars per barrel now. And in 2019, it never rose above 25 dollars per barrel. So it's much higher now than it ever was in 2019. But it's much lower now than it was in 2022. So there was obviously a lot of a lot of uncertainty in the international diesel market over uh, the EU and the US uh, response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And then there was the um, French refinery strikes in October of last year, which uh, created another huge spike in the diesel premium to crude. Um, and the premium was above $60 per barrel at several points last year, and now it's about $30 per barrel. So that's why I say this is in a kind of middle ground now. The reason that the uh, premium has fallen since last year is largely because there is all this missing demand. The reason that the premium is still much higher than it was in 2019 or before that is because there is a lot of disruption on the supply side still as well. So not only has the EU banned Russian diesel, but also the uh, EU refining industry is consistently plagued by accidental outages and leaks and fires and units developing cracks in them. And this is partly a result of a low level of maintenance work that's been carried out over the last two or three years. Um, as refiners have first were facing lockdown measures that were obstructing maintenance work and then extraordinary margins that disincentivized them from shutting down to conduct maintenance work. So the EU refining industry now has this serious problem with with uh, un unplanned outages uh, all of last year and, and this year. And uh, this is seriously restricting domestic diesel supply at the same time as the import diesel diesel supply has been made structurally more expensive by the exclusion of Russian diesel supply. So this is why the crack spread and the and the spread between the futures contracts has remained much higher than it was historically, very high by historical standards. The lack of demand has prevented it from returning to the to the heights that we saw last year. All right, thank you very much, um, Benedict, um, for uh, your insights and, and sharing your, your knowledge with us. Um, and if you enjoyed this uh, podcast, uh, please be sure to tune in uh, for the other episodes in our, in our series, Driving Discussions Europe, and for more information on Argus Global Refined products coverage, please visit argusmedia.com uh, slash oil dash products. Stay safe and see you next time. <music>